Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com's engaged network of over 240,000 architects, designers, and construction professionals use Modeler.com's tools to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for the generous underwriting of production and broadcasting costs for The Modern Architect. KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 and across the world at kzsu.org. And from the campus of Stanford University, this is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado, the principal of Accurate, Tom DiOro. Thank you, Charlotte. For our guest today, please welcome Wayne Lee, mayor of Millbrae, California. Wayne was on the Millbrae Planning Commission for six years, serving as the commissioner's chair in 2008. Wayne's also an alternative representative to the Association of Bay Area Governments, ABAG, and a member of the Board of Directors of the Congestion Relief Alliance, a member of the Electrification of Caltrain's Committee, and uh, represents the city of Millbrae on several other regional and county committees. For more information, feel free to visit www.ci.millbrae.ca.us. That's www.ci.millbrae.ca.us. Hello, Wayne. We're honored and excited to have you on the Modern Architect Show today. Oh, no, it's my honor. And thank you for inviting me. I love architecture and I love your subject. Thank you very much. Oh, that really makes it great. This will be a great show. Wayne, you know what? I'd like to start off with early inspiration. If you can recall as far back as you can remember, when you decided to be you know, involved in a city and have a, uh, an intention of service, do you recall kind of where, if there was like an, a galvanizing moment or was it kind of a series, if, if you're at liberty to share with us? Oh, thanks. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it always starts off with something that really motivates you. And for me, the motivation was that uh, I've lived in Mowbray for 30-something years before I started running for, or not, 28, sorry, 28 years. It's been 35 years, I guess. So I saw that uh, we needed to sustain our economy. And basically, every city, every municipality, all we have to provide a lot of services. So money is the crux of everything. You can't do anything without money. Sure. And so one thing I saw that our cities and all cities do this in municipalities, they're always looking for cutting. Let's cut here. Let's cut there. And I rarely heard anything about, oh, let's figure out how we're going to make more revenues so then we can pay for all the things we want for our, you know, our citizens, our kids, especially our kids and our elderly. I mean, that's what makes a city really special. Not only is it the people, but the programs that, that really sustain the people. Yeah, that's excellent. Now, in your experience as a mayor of Millbrae, have you seen a number of mayors who kind of share your intent and your philosophy on that as well? 
I think they're coming around. Really? So yeah. there's coming around. So there's there's not a lot that have that revenue based value system for a city. Well, today uh, I don't <clears throat> ever heard of the Casa Compact, but it's a compact put together by a bunch of developers and using the uh, lack of housing as a reason to take off all the regulatory controls from the locals, local government, and build what they want. So to me, oh. you know, it's that we need to. I brought up the subject of. You know, okay, that's great, but how are we going to pay for the fire and police and fixing the roads and fixing the sewers? You get all these people to move in here, that's great. We do need the housing, but then what happens if they don't get the fire services? What happens mm-hmm. to that? So what are we going to have to do? We're going to have to raise taxes. Then we raise taxes. Then we have to force out the you know people who can't afford it. You know, the people in fixed income that can't afford the, the increase in taxes, and that's no way to go. So we need to plan intelligently. And say, okay, yeah, we're going to build all these houses, which we need, all these homes. We also have to build the infrastructure to provide the revenues to pay for all these services. Otherwise, the people who want to move in there can't afford to move in there anyway because the taxes, tax base is so high. Oh, yeah. I like that when you said plan intelligently. Is that a phrase you've coined? Because that actually sounds like an actual plan itself. No, I, yeah, I, I've been thinking about it, actually. Okay. I call it responsible planning and intelligent building. Yeah. We'll segue into, you're an engineer as well. Yes. Okay. So I'll, I'll tell our audiences that they've heard many a times that I'm very uh, biased when it comes to uh, leadership in cities, specifically mayorship, when uh, the mayor has an architectural engineering or building background, I believe, and have experienced that they have a, a total view and a total vision of the entire city of not just how it is, but how it can be and then how to make it actually happen. I don't know if you disagree or disagree. No, I I agree. I think my engineering degree has uh, really helped my process. And that's what engineers, when you get trained as an engineer, it's, you know, it's it's a process. You learn processes and you learn how to do things in a systematic way. And you learn to do an analysis too. So you you look at the the root cause, the root issue that you're trying to solve. And then then you use a procedure or process in your mind. How do you get there in certain sequences? Yeah. So obviously it, it does work for you. Do you also work to instill that in those that don't have that sort of bent to them? Well, yeah, that's, uh, you know, this is some part of it, art things too. So, you know, engineers, the interesting thing about engineers, when you build something, right, it's instant almost. It's like, <laughs> it gets built and there it is, you know, you get to enjoy it, right? So, but when you're in, in politics, it's all about patience. You have to ah. wait for the right time, the right place, the right environment to have things built. But you have to have that plan. As an engineer, we all design, right? We design, we plan. So you plan and you just wait for the right timing for it to happen. Being an engineer, how did you get that, adopt that sort of attitude or did it kind of come naturally, that sort of patience? I'm just a, a political finishing auto, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A lot of West Wing and, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, it's, uh, but also I learned that, you know, raising kids, right? Come on, Tom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're poor dads. You know, yeah. how often are our patients tested, right? <laughs> uh, daily. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we like banging our heads on a wall, right? <laughs> so we figure, okay, I'm not going to bang my head. I don't have any walls left, so. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm just going to wait this out until, you know, my kid just calms down. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, so actually raising a child and children do prepare you for adults as crazy as that might seem. Well, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's necessity, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is necessity. So when you became um, your first, this is your second? Second time as mayor. Yeah. Okay. Second time as mayor. 
What was it like even the first time? Do you mentally or emotionally prepare for it? Or you're like, no, no, I'm ready. I got to be this, you know, and here's what's expected well, of me and I'm going to match it. Well, the first time, you're, that's a great question. Because the first time I thought, oh, yeah, I'll walk into every, I, I know what I'm going to do and this is what it is. And, you know, I'm kind of a, a <clears> team player, morally. So, and it's Mary, you're the leader. So it took me a little while to figure out that, oh, yeah, yeah, I can ask for this. Oh, yeah, I can make this happen. Oh, yeah, you know, because <laughs> normally... You know, you, like I said, you wait for things to happen and then you take that opportunity and you make something. When you're mayor, it's a lot of times you actually create that timing. You create that opportunity. But you also, the thing about me being mayor is that twice I was thrown into being mayor unexpectedly. So the first time our, one of our council members passed away, so I was thrown, my timetable got thrown way off because if you're mayor, you have opportunities to set the agenda. But to the, in order to set the agenda, you have to have all your infrastructure in there. You know, as engineers, right? We all know we have to have infrastructure. You have to have all the right parts ready to go and build this, right? You're missing a part. You can't build it. <laughs> so it's, I was planning to be mirror like in, you know, whatever time, but then my, my timetables, both times just got pushed up. So that kind of like put a lot of more stress on me. Yeah. So you said here, you have to create the opportunity. Yeah. Whereas prior you were kind of waiting, maybe, I don't know if, if you were just expecting these or how things go and I manage this, but it sounds like you actually have a choice in the progress. Well, yeah, you get a bigger megaphone. So more people listen to you. But the other thing too, on a council is, is that being mayor, you're not a mayor unless you have the support of your council. So you, in our council is five people. You have to be able to count the three. You have to have three votes. If you don't get the three votes, you're nowhere. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How do you influence that if you can't even can? Well, that's all about patience. You have okay. to you have to wait to the right timing where everybody seems you know you kind of get a feel for it. That's the art part where you feel that it's ready, it's time. People are willing to accept it. And a lot of things, if you notice in the last decade, even uh, gay rights, how long did that take to come into mainstream and more acceptance? And Maybe thirty, forty years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen it, right? And it was like taboo for the longest time, and all of a sudden, you know, there was a defining moment in San Francisco and, and, and created all the discussion. And finally, it's like. Well, you know, it's no big, not, that, that not, it's not going to be a big issue anymore. <laughs> yeah. So do you think of that when either a crisis or a challenge is in the moment that, you know, inevitably or eventually this will sort of pass and we'll be able to work this through and this will happen, what we kind of envision? Well, people take crisis as uh, it's, it's a really defining moment for anybody in any society. It's really an opportunity to really just build like, you know, when San Francisco burned down, right? You know, look at all the architecture now. Look at all, you know, look at how we, how San Francisco came up after the earthquake. You know, it's an opportunity. Yeah. We've said that several times now. We're not even a quarter way through our show is that opportunity. I think I actually rare with, for a lot of people, is that ability. So do you feel like that, that you show up to, uh, to work every day with it? It's an opportunity to do something? I think, Positive, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you should. I mean. Um, I think you should. Right? This is great. Well, I'm not so sure that's common. <laughs> Well, I mean, you, sh you should, you always have to have your eyes open for an opportunity. I tell my son that too. You got you to gotta look for something, be different. How are you going to be different than anybody else? Because you're the same as anybody else. You're just an automaton robot, right? Yeah. Okay. Where are you going to get recognized? When is your issue going to be recognized, right? Yeah. Now, now, can you share with us some of the things that you've, your um, first accomplishments, if we go back to your, as, uh, your first. Uh, my term. first year as mayor. Oh yeah. my God. It was, uh, it was a tumultuous. <laughs> Really, really, <laughs> we were we were close to bankruptcy. Is that uh, right? City. Oh, yeah, we were aware. really. Okay. I was thinking, oh man, we, can we disincorporate <laughs> or something? Oh, it was getting that far. It was that oh. bad. We were cutting, and we were we reduced our staff to a hundred and something to seventy something. And part of the sheriff's 
uh, the police department revolving into the sheriff's department is, was part of that. Mm-hmm. At that time, we were also looking at getting rid of one of our, our fire stations. I don't even remember that. There was a huge controversy no. about, about closing one of the fire stations up on top of the hill. Okay. So Vaguely. Yeah. So one yeah. of the uh, solutions was to have a fire assessment. So, but no, we've had a fire assessment, but it was only five years. So this time we thought, well, you know, we keep going every five years. We keep needing this. Let's do it for 10 years. And that will help stabilize our, our economy. And it did. And we ended up having one of the best credit ratings of all the cities in the state. So, wow. So you yeah. went from zero to hero almost. Exactly. So oh, it, was, wow. it was pretty cool. And we got roads uh, paved. I mean, it was, it was a really, really busy year. We, we did. I, I said we, because it's just not me. Yes, I was the mayor and yeah. I led, but I had a team that believed in what I wanted to do and we were able to do it. That's excellent. When we return, let's, let's touch back on that. You're listening to The Modern Architect, KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. Life Moves, formerly the Envision Shelter Network, has 40 years of experience helping to end the cycle of homelessness for families and individuals in San Mateo and Santa Clara counties. Life Moves provides interim housing and support services that create opportunities for those affected to rapidly return to stable housing and long-term self-sufficiency. Life Moves relies on generous financial contributions as well as donations of gently used clothes, furniture, or household items. To learn how you can volunteer or donate, visit www.lifemoves.org. We're talking today with Mayor Wayne Lee of Millbrae, California. For more information, feel free to visit www.ci.millbrae.ca.us. Again, that's www.ci.millbrae.ca.us. Wayne, I don't know if I'm going to call this correctly, but I understand that Millbrae is one of the few cities in the world that has what's an intermodal station or inter- where you have train, bus, cab, everything there. Yeah, uh, we have one of the largest transit centers in the west of the Mississippi. Okay. That's so it, right. it connects, it, I mean, we have an airport there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you look at everything, there's not many cities in the world that have that. No, except, uh, you, have you heard of Reston, right? Reston. Reston, Virginia. Yeah, Reston, Virginia, yes. Yeah, yeah. So they have it. They, well, they were trying to do something like that. Trying. So yeah, so what, they had train goes to the airport, and then they built this planned city, right? But this is much bigger than that. This thing has, what, BART, Caltrain, buses, taxis. What is those, like, Google buses? And then you have high-speed rail that's, that's planned to go there. I mean, this is the only stop on a peninsula that's specifically called out in the law to have a station for high-speed rail. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. It's specifically called out. That, San Francisco, San Jose, that, you know, Millbrae. Yes. Now, what does that also do for a community to know that? I mean, I, I, although I, I live in Millbrae as well, I'm not, you know, like, does that change, you know, a community having that there in uh, your experience? Well, I mean, we've had it for how long now? 25, 25 years. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it does, because now you have more traffic impacts on a freeway, you know, getting on and off. Do you remember the time before they had the, over, the train overpass? Oh, the traffic you have to sit there and up. wait. Yeah, yeah, wait forever, right? Yeah. So, I mean, now we're starting to get that again. Even, right? Yeah. So, what, what, I wonder what the have you thought of even a potential solution for that? Well, that's going to be challenging since they're we're developing, we're trying to have development around that area because the right, right, the trend is is to build as much housing as possible around transit, right? Okay. Yes. So, and Nobre is going to be heavily impacted because we're trying to also build a commercial center. Well, 
We're building 200,000 square feet of office, class A office spaces. We're trying to pull in a fiber optic cable so then we have really high speed uh, internet to attract the, you know, the internet companies and businesses. So, and also we're trying to partner with the airport. So when we, once we part airport, they're trying to expand their offerings because they realize they're a very small airport, not a small airport yeah. per se in traffic, but small in, in, in area. And all the, they have to compete against all these other international airports and all the international airports are building malls in their airports. So you have to factor all of that in. Oh yeah. In doing so, how is the, the support? Are there you know, specific people that you know that are really, really on board with this? And then, you know, how do you convince, if you even can convince those that are, are uh, not quite there yet? Well, that's a, that's a really great question because the housing advocates who want to build, build, build housing without due regards to responsible building, right? When we talked about sustainable, responsible building, you have to make sure that the quality of life is going to be there. So... That's, that's one of the things I have to fight and I have to tell people, no, I'm not against housing. What I'm against is irresponsible building that you don't provide for the people who are going to move there, who are going to live there. That's not cool. And then, like I said, again, if you don't have the revenues, those people can't afford to live there anyway because they can't afford a tax base. Yeah. How do you even create and generate revenue as a city? Well, you have to build a commercial center. And I'm telling people, Millbrae has a unique, very, very unique opportunity. They have the San Francisco airport. 50 million people going there. Now they're talking about 75 million people going through that every day. $10 billion business, about to go up to like $12, $14 billion a year. Can oh. you imagine how much we can get even for 1% of the revenues from, from the oh. airport? Oh, it would seem like that's unbelievable. That's yeah. like you have a very rare opportunity anywhere in the world, actually. Exactly. And so the airport, we've been talking to the airport. You know, I've been trying to cultivate a really close relationship with them. And they agree, you know, Millbrae could be like their fifth terminal. You know, people can check oh, in their luggage. Yeah, they can okay. check in their luggage at Millbrae outside of the airport. And then they can go eat and shop and hang out. So Millbrae kind of be like their big living room. Oh, I, what an idea. A living room. Yeah. Yeah. And, and still, and obviously still keep intact the community. Well, that's the whole thing. You know, I've, I just went to a retail conference uh, last week and they're talking about the biggest trend you probably already know is that people want a sense of belonging. They want a yeah. sense of, they want also inclusion. You know, all the divisiveness that's going on in the last couple of years in, in this country has caused people to realize, you know, we want to have that uh, atmosphere where we can socialize because now everybody's on their cell phones or iPads, you know, right? How long do they our kids are? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Put that away. <laughs> so, you know, daily. Yeah, yeah. So, right. So, yeah. I mean, this is, but they still crave that. Uh, and also trend, if interesting enough, is that millennials? I have a hard time saying. Sorry, <laughs> they <laughs> want to spend. Right for that. They spent their money not on hard items like cars and bicycles. They rather spend the money on food. So uh, what's that say? The restaurants. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's 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 the restaurant social. like? Social. Exactly. Yeah, it's social. A social environment. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're creating that. You have to think. So it sounds like you're starting from the people as a point. And then going outwards as opposed to, let's put the building there and the people will find a fill in. Well, fit in. yeah, because you guess it's all about planned development, right? You got to put in all the components. This is an engineer. We're engineers. Yeah. So you have to understand, you know, you got to put in all the components. You're missing one of the legs in, in your stool. Yeah. And, and that <laughs> the stool does not work. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And the people uh, aren't as well. Also, how do you, um, if there's even a way to have, how do you deal with Sometimes dissent, you know, I like dissent. <laughs> well, it sounds crazy, but no, I, I, I like when there's an opposing view other than my own 
not just my view. How do you deal? Like on a daily basis, I'm not sure if people write in, call in, walk in, how they deal with that. And how do you have the patience to talk to them about something that you know that ultimately is going to benefit them? Tom, you're, you're dissenting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> oh, I've never known Tom to dissent about anything. <laughs> oh, Anyways, I, that's, that's why I, I say I, I appreciate, you know, when there is a different view. No, no, yeah. you know, that's also part of opportunities. Okay. Right? So there's opportunity to learn something and opportunity to know what people are thinking, Right. I remember last year, there was this big backlash about building, somebody proposed building an ice ring oh. in Millbrae. And I was like, oh man, that's a stupid idea. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, waste of money, blah, blah, blah. But I said, wait a minute. It's unique. It's different. You know, everybody has theaters. What's going to make Millbrae different? You know, and also at that time, when you're like struggling for revenues, you should open your mind and, and explore it. I was so appalled by it. It was almost racist of the people who are behaving. They were like, oh, this is rice, blah, blah. They were just using, you know, it was almost racist. And I didn't know about racism, <laughs> right? So, and it was amazed me, but they didn't open their minds, the possibilities of what could happen to using something different, right? So me acting to sense is fine. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm good at, I'm, I'm fine with that because it's all part of being in a political arena. You know, you can't, you have to, you have to be able to appreciate it. You know, you appreciate it and you just take it in. You don't take it personally. It's, yeah. a, it's a strategic maneuver by, by dissenters, right? How, yeah. How do you, if there is even, even a process that you go through to deal with, to take a patient position against something that you're like, really don't see it, see how it can work or somebody's really upset about it, like you said, or maybe even... Uh, well, it's, yeah, passionate. That's fine. You know, you know, I think... Vehement I, about it well, not you happening. And I, you and I, we go home and we look at our kids, and it goes, right? We give him a big hug, right? Yeah, I that's, try. That's what it's all they, about, They right? run away. <laughs> right? They're at that age, right? Yeah, yeah. Get, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you try, especially right. when, you, when, you, when you deal with the world. Right. You, you, you want to... So you got, you got to look at what, uh, right? We got to yeah. look at what's really important in our lives. Uh-huh. And so it sounds like you're instilling that in your, uh, I don't know if you call them staff members or fellow you know, council members. You're looking to instill that human element into them. Well, I think, yeah, we all, they all have the human element. The question for them is, what is the big picture in their lives? What are, why are they on a council for, to begin with? People ask me to find people to, I'm looking for somebody to replace me because I'm going to be out. Even as you you're know. doing this? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm, look, I'm, I'm really hard looking for someone to replace me. But I don't want anybody to just you know, go in there. I want somebody who has a passion for, for the people of my community. And a passion to do it because not because it's going to provide them notoriety or anything else, but the fact that they want to just do it because it's going to benefit everybody. Yeah. So that benefit of everyone and you go to that, the why, that's a big question. Is that something that you by design asks your fellow council members and members of the city? What is their why for even doing what they do? No, no, you don't. (laughs) No, really? (laughs) No, no, you don't because they get defensive about it. So. You know, really? Right. So no, I, I don't. I'm because, asking because, I'm because it's like, about it. So it's I'm like asking. it's like oh, how dare you even question my motives? You know, <laughs> really? They don't say it, but you know, in okay. your mind, you can see a little cloud in your head. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the cloud. In their head. <laughs> Whoa! No, we're really because I would think that why answers a lot. You know, why why do you do what you do? Why do you not do what you do? And and it, it can change and evolve. You know, right. it may be different two years from now, but it's not a, 
at least from my opinion, I don't feel that it's a defensive question if someone asks me the why. I think uh, when you're in uh, in our seats, you can start building a, not me in particular, but I've seen it, you know, where people, they, they build a hard shell, right? And and sometimes they feel like they're, they have all the answers. So when you ask why, you're questioning their, you know, their, their uh-huh. judgment, you're questioning their process. You know, to me, I, I, I always said, well, why? Because, you know, tell me why. I asked, why do you, why are you asking me that? What, what is, what is it you want? Because to me, I'm here to serve you. Okay. You then there, there's, there's your why. Yeah. Okay. But that should be the why, right? Yeah. But that's not always everybody's why. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for answering that, Wayne. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a, often I'm looking at a city and go back to what you, you said at the beginning as well as how do you think of ways to generate revenue for the city so that it can actually afford the services to serve the people. Do you have a, a process or a design or a formula that you use or you've used that accomplishes this? Well, there's no one formula, but okay. I, every community has to use their strengths. Like not everybody has an airport in their back in their front yard, right? So, I know. Right? That's amazing. So the, the unique thing about Millbrae is that we only have 10% of our area is devoted to commercial. Whereas most cities, it could be two thirds, like Burlingame. Burlingame is almost right. the same yeah. size as Millbrae, about 23, 24,000 people. But it's three times as larger and it's then two thirds of its, its area is devoted to commercial space. How can you make that adjustment if you can? Well, you have to use every piece of property very, very carefully. So like me, you know that, that digital sign out there in front of your... Uh, oh, yeah, it's awesome. Well, so we, I think so. That was my idea. Oh, really? Oh, nice. And so that okay. 10 by 10 piece of property brings Glad us, I said it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, Tom. Good job. Here, here's your $10. You here's your $10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. You, it ruins you, everything. You, you can't see this. <laughs> <laughs> out oh, there yeah. the listening audience. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a giant sign, but as I'm familiar with uh, advertising, it's not a lot of space that it nope, takes but up. It, it gives us 600 to a million a year. Oh, really? Yeah. That little 10 by 10 foot area. So it's 10 by 10, really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Is that amazing? Yeah. So, okay. you know, those are the type of things we, we try to do, you know, like we try to maximize and make our area sufficient. Like right now I'm fighting myself and uh, Councilwoman Gina Pappen are, and, and most of our residents in Millbury for that matter are trying to push back at the developers who are building housing without the commercial base to support it. So they're saying, oh. you know, Build housing, yeah, absolutely. Build as much as we can, but where's the commercial base that's going to support it and the rest of the community? Because if you don't support that, we're going to have to raise taxes and the rest of the community has to pay for this. Okay. But that in itself is kind of not a formula, but kind of an axiom, like with anyone, whether it's Millbury or any city, any town in the U.S. You got to bring your words down. (laughs) (laughs) It's only only four words. It's A-X-I-O-M. Or five, whatever. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It really really is so. You know, that you have got to have a commercial base, a revenue base, so that you can support the housing that's going to be there. Housing, uh, commercial being services for. That's a quality of life issue. Yeah. Why are we, you know, you're sacrificing the, the people who live there because they have, then you're forcing them to move out. So then richer people, people who have more money and access can come in, right? Because you see at uh, right now, and you know what's really disturbing when I came down here, I heard that there's going to be a whole new class of millionaires coming in here. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Uh, in the Uber, right? Thousands of them. Thousands, right? right? Yeah. So that's going to drive up housing costs more because now you have more competition. Mm-hmm. That's and that's taking place what within 2019, 2020? Pretty close. Uh, let's touch back on that when we yeah. return again. This is the modern architect 
KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. The Burlingame based Good Tidings Foundation supports the arts, education, athletics, and dreams from youth in communities of need throughout North, Northern California. The organization works closely with professional sports franchises and athletes, businesses, and government agencies to increase access to enriching opportunities for deserving youth. This includes ongoing projects through school districts, recreation departments, and local cities. Tax-deductible donations of any amount are always welcome. For more information, visit goodtidings.org. We're talking today with Wayne Lee, mayor of Millbrae, California. For more information, you can visit www.ci.millbrae.ca.us. Again, www.ci.ca.us. Dot .us. Wayne, before we went on to a break, you talked about or brought up the new multimillionaires that are going to be in the San Francisco Peninsula. In your experience and opinion, how do you feel other than obviously going to raise the prices of homes? What else will it impact negative and maybe even positive to? It's going to, it's going to accelerate what I call the $10 latte. $10. The $10 okay. latte is when the people who can't afford to live here move out. And those people are essential services, delivering services, fixing our roads, et cetera. And now in order to get them here, you're going to have to pay them a lot more money. So mm. now you're going to have to say, now everything goes up, right? So not, not only is my son who likes the boba drinks, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, this, this boba drinks is going to go up one or $2, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's okay. okay for the first time, but when yeah. you have to do it like, you know, twice a week or something. That's all adds up. So, so the, it's going to obviously impact, uh, how do you, I don't even know how you, how would you even adjust for that? If there's a, if there's even an answer or several answers to it. Well, I mean, the problem is, it's like nature, it's nature, right? Nature okay. is, is slow to, to change. And, but this climate, this change in climate is happening so quickly that nature cannot adjust. And that's the same problem we're having here now. So it's, you know, everything runs as we know, as engineers, we know about equilibrium, right? Mm-hmm. Everything has to adjust, but it takes time for the equilibrium to occur. So the, as much as it's going to be great for the individuals and their immediate family, for the actual the strain on uh, everything. Yeah, it's <laughs> going gonna, gonna to cause a lot of people to have to move out. So, okay. But the interesting thing is that I heard the statistics that there are many people moving out, but there's just as many people moving in. Oh, really? I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Yeah. So is it is it equal or did, it's equal right? It's about equal right now. Okay, but so guess who's moving out? The ones who actually maintain the pro, the, the yeah whole the people system, the people cannot afford to live here anymore. The people who actually do and provide the services that that we need. Okay, you know, even the, even the coffee. I mean, even the person who works at Starbucks. You you have to. I mean, they're, they're my opinion. They're essential. They provide coffee. So yeah, no, <laughs> they, <laughs> they are. Yeah. So you're looking at the entire dynamics and the socioeconomic impact. Yeah. You cannot take one thing. That's what I have, have a, a real big objections to this CASA compact that people they are just looking at a one dimensional approach and not looking at it may, many, many different ways to try to, to address the housing needs. And, and actually it's not even just the housing need. The housing needs is, is to address one issue. And it's, that is, well, two issues. One is homelessness. And the second is our economy. The more houses we have here, the more inventory we have here drives down costs, right? So that's that's the bottom line is to make more affordable for people to yeah. live here. Yeah, is it even possible? And I heard a great architect. I'll give her a credit, Kim Dadell, who uh, coined it unhoused. 
as opposed to homeless. She she calls it, they're unhoused. And I went, oh, okay, that's an interesting way of saying it. Well, actually, I like yeah. that. Yeah, oh, do you? I like that. Okay, yeah. thank you, Kim. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, she's definitely an up-and-coming architect. But the subject, again, about the affordable housing, I, I know it's possible. I'm just not sure what the solution or what, who's come up with the most effective solution to date. Well, I mean, let me ask you, is, is, is afford, I mean, it's going to, I'm pretty sure it's like, I mean, right now, Peninsula is $3,200 for maybe a two-bedroom apartment. And that's, you know, that's on the low side, right? Yes. So, you know, can you... Is it really affordable to pay $4,000, you know, or even $2,000 for one bedroom? So right now, the statistics in, in San Mateo County is if you want, if you, to buy a house here, you have to make $253,000, yeah. $253,000 on average yeah. every year to afford to live here. To afford to buy a house. Okay, to afford to buy. To live in an apartment, one bedroom apartment, you need to make at least $118,000. There's nowhere place. Well, no, I don't know, but there's nowhere on the planet. Definitely, very few places, even in the U.S., that that's going to have that requirement. Right. So, I mean, the thing is, is that um, we as government have to step up, and that's what I'm trying to work on too. We as government have to step up and start building our own. Because right now, with the way we do it, it was like, okay, developer, if you build it and you provide, we'll give you a carrot. So if you build, <laughs> if you build so much, what we call BMRs, below market rate. And, you know, below market rate is, to me, is kind of, I don't know, it, 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 it doesn't, it's not really below market rate when you have to pay still like three or $4,000, you know, a month or rent. But if you build so many BMRs, we'll give, we'll give you breaks on, you know, on permitting or, or whatever, make, we'll speed up the process and we'll give you some, we'll give you some uh, carrots, right? Yeah. But that's very slow and very, very uh, cumbersome. Um, and that's why the state's trying now is, is trying to help developers and say, hey, we're going to take all the regulations out. We're going to take it away from the locals and you can build whatever you want. You know, so it's kind of a, a double-edged sword, right? And both ends are pretty sharp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never heard that. That's a good phrase. It's a double-edged sword and both ends are pretty sharp. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you just come near the blade and you're going you're you're gonna gonna to get sliced. cut. Yes. Yeah. So... Basically, what we need to do as a government is that we have to start building. We have to start financing these projects. And we have to say, okay, we're not going to build slums like, you know, in the past. We're not going to build these Geneva Towers. Oh. Uh, if, I don't know if anybody remember, but I may, yeah, I'm I dating recall. myself now. Yeah, I remember they were on Visitation Valley. Correct? Right, right. Yeah. And we, San Francisco. Yeah, we ended up taking them down because they became such a, uh, uh, such a hazard to the residents and everywhere else. So what we need to do is build these nice communities, which are actually happening out in the Central Valley right now, and build the transportation too. Because one of our biggest problems here is that we always build transportation after the fact. Mm. Well, we really should be There's building it. You. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. If you go, I traveled around the world and you traveled, when they build transit out to outer areas and build the housing there too at the same time, you know, it's all planned. But we're not, we're kind of doing piecemeal work here in the Bay Area. Now, I'm actually... Is there a reason for that or an, ex, or an excuse that you think, whether it's convenient or real? Well, I mean, here's the politics. People are like, well, you know, you're being elitist. if You don't let people live here on, on San Mateo County. But really, I mean, practically, as an engineer, how can we quickly get the housing issue solved is to build more housing, right, and build transit. And that might happen elsewhere. It, you know, but I'm not trying to say people shouldn't live in the peninsula because they should. You know, everybody should have an opportunity to. But there's very limited space very limited abilities and the financing. Now, this is the problem. Now, everybody's like, okay, you know, we're going to give the developers, uh, you know, they build BMRs, we'll give them this break. This is, this is great. They're going to build a lot of housing. But, you know, the banks go like, oh, wait, this is not profitable. 
we're not going to give you money for this. So, you know, I mean, we can have all these great ideas, but somebody forgot about the other. Part, yeah. yeah. Charlotte, our audio engineer, Charlotte Thornton, chime in, Charlotte, please. I, think I can see you well, shaking your head. And, everything and, you're saying is profound. And I think it's so exciting to be able to hear this just straight talk with a mayor and a citizen of your city. And I think we all need to be taking notes. And I mean all. I mean, from everything from like the politicians to the workers and that $10 latte, I think that is really worrisome. <laughs> yeah, I really think so. And so, but I'm always of great hope because I think good design can solve all problems. Yeah. What's your thought on that? I'm sure. Well, say, I, I, sure, I, I, and, thank, and thank you for having me on this show. Yeah. And that's exactly what I've been advocating is good, responsible design. Yeah, go into Well, we can room. all go to lunch now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, just to reiterate. This, no, no, I'd to, love to hear To you reiterate, are. I mean, yeah. it's, it's about building as much housing as possible with the infrastructure to provide the services, to pay for the services and provide a good quality of life. I mean, not only just build commercial space, but you have open space, right, for the kids to hang out and places for uh, building a community, a big living room, like I said. Yeah. You, know, you got to build the quality of life issues and you also have to build the uniqueness of each city. Each city has to be unique. Otherwise, people are like, oh, you know, I'm just passing by the city, you know. And it's, it doesn't, <laughs> it, nobody's going to stop, right? They just drive right by. So each city should have some uniqueness so then people can want to have to hang out there. Yeah. How in the, is there any example of any place that you've seen or do you, t- your travels around the world, do you kind of take bits and pieces of it and go, oh, that's really interesting. I've not, I've never discovered that. I think, what if we implied that as well? Does oh, that oh yeah. I mean, if you go... I mean, even in our own country, if you go to uh, you go to San Francisco. I mean, transit is not bad, even though you know people complain about it. But you don't need a car. You know? Yeah, true. You go to I yeah. go to Boston. I don't need a car. I go to New York. I don't need a car. You know, you go to Paris. You don't need a car. So you know, something like that is that, that makes it for you. But that can't happen in the suburban areas. That's not that easy, right? So I mean, we tried Lime. You know, I've heard that Lime bike, you know, that uh, the yes, bicycles yes. that you just rent. They used to be in. all over the corners, I remember, and they would just be randomly left. Yeah. I don't see them any longer. No, they're not so much here because the, there's not enough demand for it because the space, uh, remember, the spacing is much bigger, where San Francisco is very compact. And so that's the problem, too, is that we're, we're facing that the big cities, the metropolises in California, Los Angeles, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose, they all think that, oh, you know, everybody should live like us. We, you know, everything's uh, compact and everything's easily walkable and stuff like that. But it doesn't quite work when you're spread out, you know, like like we are here on the peninsula. Yeah. Going to that, touch on that walkability. Are there ever any um, ideas you've thought of that even increase more walkability? Because in Millbury, it seems like everyone walks, but that's because by downtown. Well, that's but, one, one yeah. of the projects I'm working on, too, is, is uh, and I hope to do this before I'm out, <laughs> is to make uh, El Camino walkable. Basically, you have wide sidewalks, you have cafes on the side where, you know, you see, just like Paris, right? You know, mm-hmm. you can sit around and drink lattes, your, your hopefully your $5, $5 <laughs> latte. Stays $5 or less. Yeah. That's right. It doesn't go to 10. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. And, you know, I'm just enjoying watching just life yeah. going by, right? Yeah. That, that's how you, you know, make it walkable. People want to go and see the sights and see their friends on the sidewalks and, you know. Yeah. Also, as mayor, if you're not in or you're probably you're always in the official position, but just as a as a citizen, do you also walk around town and see and hear overhear conversations about that help either influence or make you say, oh, let's make a change here or there, even with, if they don't know that you're Wayne Lee mayor? 
Yeah, that's the, the I, yeah, I do go incognito. I, incognito. I, I take yeah, off. I take my. I take that's my too mar- big a word. I take. I take my mayor's <laughs> uniform off, and nobody. <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> you put the goggles, the hat, and the, the mustache. Well, that's right. <laughs> the, the whole thing. Uh, I gotta get a new mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw it. I knew it was you. <laughs> uh, red no. doesn't work on you. <laughs> oh, oh, that's my favorite color. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you're, when you're incognito, when you overhear conversations, not when you're directly asking, "Hey, how do you feel about how things are going, or any challenges, or what do you like, or what do you enjoy?" Do you bring that to? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, not everybody has uh, their take, and that's great. And I, I kind of look for the sweet spot, right? Where rather yeah. than just yeah, where extreme, is your sweet spot with that? Well, I think the sweet spots where a lot more people agree on on certain things, right? So, okay. And I mean, there's great ideas. I put that on what I call the parking lot. I park it in my my back of my head and say, you know, we can do that someday. You know, so I wait for the timing for that because I know that if you propose something, and people like like the ice rink, nobody's ready for it, right? So yeah. but something like that would never work because they're not ready for it. Yeah. So how is there a process, a formula, or a, how do you understand when that timing is? Is it going to go back to what you said where there's a certain art? Tom, I thought you said you were going to throw beach balls. <laughs> <laughs> no, softballs and beach balls. Yeah, just for our audience, I've been accused of uh, throwing softball questions. I said, well, you know what? There's a lot of media sources out there that are very negative. You're more than welcome to go there. You're not doing it on our show. So... Yeah, <laughs> that's where that's where no, Wayne's touch. That's where Wayne's touch. I'm, I'm being a little sensitive here. <laughs> Perfect. We want scent. We want dissent. Remember, this is no, it's good. No, Wayne. Why is it that you don't run for mayor again? Oh, we don't run for mayor. We oh, uh, you, you we serve? we mostly we re- rotate our our mayorship. But I find actually, uh, I, I go back to that question. But keep that question in mind. Yeah. I'll go back to Tom's question. What was your question? <laughs> I got distracted. It was about how do you know when it's the right time. If you, if there's such a, is there such a thing as to go, this is the right time? Yeah. You, it, that's a very, very good question. It's, it's art. You really okay. have, like you said, you have to listen and you have to see, like right now, for the longest time, nobody wanted, so we don't want any parking meters downtown. You know, it's, it's great. Everybody loves coming here because there's no parking meter, but guess what? You can't find parking. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But now it's like, and people's like, oh, you got to put in parking. It's like, no, we have to wait. Because we have to wait until people start saying we want parking meters. And people are starting to say we should have parking meters. Wow. So you have to wait for the right timing. Yeah. So really, it almost sounds like you may need like two or three terms. And this may sound like I'm patting you on the back, but I'm not. I'm really not. I'm saying to get an understanding of how a city really works and to have it run effectively, you have to have an experience. Well, yeah, I mean, being on the planning commission really helped out a lot. And I worked for the government for a long time, so I understand bureaucracy. Raising a kid, that's a huge learner. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so th- there is a process with that and then experience that comes with it. We're going to go to breaker. This is The Modern Architect, KZSU, 90.1 FM, Stanford. Your San Francisco Zoo and Gardens is a 100-acre park, a 100-acre classroom, and a 100-acre conservation resource center. You're invited to see more than a 1,000 exotic, endangered, and rescued animals. San Francisco residents, seniors, and active and retired military receive discounts on admission, and children three years and younger are free. The zoo is open every day of the year. For more information, visit sfzoo.org at San Francisco Zoo and Gardens. It's a jungle out there. <laughs> like that. We're talking today with Wayne Lee, mayor of Millbrae, California. For more information, 
feel free to visit www.ci.milbray.ca.us. Again, that is www.ci.milbray.ca.us. Wayne, um, I sent you the, the note over during the break about the timing again, because it's, it's starting to make sense to me is that you can have a lot of ideas, you can have a lot of potential solutions, but you have to understand the community and how they collectively make a decision in order to make that idea that you, you think, feel, or have even proven can be of benefit to them. And then when do you deuce it to them? Well, you, you got to queue it up. You have to okay. like keep talking and talking and talking until it finally gets into the mainstream, their heads, right? So you do it many, many different ways. You do it, you just, you do education, you do marketing, you do just word of mouth. Social media makes it a lot easier. So you introduce that idea until people start talking about it enough, then you know that they're, they're receptive. If they come negative, if there's a huge swell of negativity, then you know it's not time. <laughs> it sounds like there's a, as a frequency then. Yeah, there, there's an art to it. Okay. And, yeah. and you have to really pay attention. So that art, I'll use that word I use because I know I kind of like it, is frequency is, is that's how you increase the likelihood that the timing is right is there's a frequency of, okay, it's, we'll send it through this message. We'll send it through this channel. We'll send it through this. Is there also an expectation that there's going to be a resounding, a lot of scoffs at this proposal. Oh, yeah. Idea. I mean, look at life. I mean, you look at our, our history. Look at uh, life. Oh, you look right. at, I'm sorry, <laughs> look, a little <laughs> profound here. <laughs> yeah. history, uh, I mean, if you look at the history of our country, things go in cycles, right? We had prohibition, you know, we had all sorts of, you know, the gay rights, and then we had, uh, I mean, blacks and, and uh, in, in, the, in the military, I mean, civil rights. There's a cycle. And you can see that Sometimes it's very controversial in the beginning, and then after it wanes off, it becomes mainstream. Uh -huh. So, like, there's everything has a cycle. So you have to really just pay attention to that life cycle and wait for the right right time when when it crests. You don't attack when it's a cresting. You attack when it's about to before or or yeah before it starts cresting. Ah, we have an artistic engineer. <laughs> <laughs> in that, what about when people wish not to change? And how something goes, this works. I call it the, um, I don't think it's an official, it's not an official word, but I say it's, I call it baking soda or Clorox or brewed cologne. It's when you have a specific formula. I know that you don't, don't try all those at home. <laughs> you have a formula that works and you stay with it for 50 to 60 to 70, almost a hundred plus years. You think there's a way to do that even for the community? where there's a it's actually you know i'm answering my own question here yeah. yes there is <laughs> you have a social gathering where people can it's planned right okay yeah there's a planning to it yeah yeah i mean if, if you're a if bliss you're a good, method yeah. i think if, they call yeah. it in marketing a bliss factor right if you got a good staff and you got good elected people who support it then yes then it okay happen. charlotte i can see you're chomping at the bit again please oh, share I am. wayne i want to know about if you can talk to us about the electrification of caltran as it comes through millbury yeah, it's going to come through all of the peninsula, and we're looking forward to that because now you can add... Now, right now, Caltrain is heavily impacted, so by electrifying the, the line, we can get more trains through because it's, they can accelerate much faster than a diesel engine. So uh, we can add more cars, and we can get more train cars, and we can get more people in. So even without putting in tra more track, you know widening the adding tracks you can just put more throughput exactly right and then a lot of switching and planning then but I, I think that we still the way we're going in terms of growth and the lack of planning we're gonna that's not gonna last that long really oh well the throughput and the the relief of whatever you might have been planning on is already like probably 
Yeah, it's going to be, in my opinion, this is just, and this is the artistic part. Yes. <laughs> my, my feeling and my, my feel about that is that it's not going to be enough. So, but, but tell us about how, like, the different mayors and the different, you know, county people up and down the line, so to speak. So, Caltran is from, uh, say, San Jose up to, well, or actually Gilroy all the way up to San Francisco. So, that's a lot of stakeholders. T- talk about how that came about and how long that has taken and when will it be commissioned? That's a good question. I don't. I think it's going to be supposed to be commissioned the next two or three years. We already started on that project, and it was a huge undertaking because it took three counties, right? San Francisco, San Mateo County, and Santa Clara County to come together to to make that happen. And at some time, this, the federal government was blocking our funding to do that. And we got money from Congress, and the Department of Transportation for a while was blocking that funding. But oh, our, wow. yeah, but our local officials went up there. And was and, there a reason? Up, Did they share it? They tried to tie it to high-speed rail. High-speed oh. rail it would be a huge boom for our, our area because uh, people it, it can move a lot of goods and people and actually solve a lot of our little bit of our housing pro, uh, pro, because people can come from like the Central Valley to come to work within an hour and a half or something like that rather than sitting in traffic for three hours right a day three or four hours a day. So high-speed rail would solve a lot of problems. So they tied it. Their lack of funding, or yeah, they want they didn't want the, they didn't want to fund the high speed rail in, in, in DC, so they tried to tie it to the electrification. Ah, uh, and the electrification project came before they practically come, or they argued it practically at the same time. Well, the electrification of Caltrain is different for high speed rail because the uh, equipment and the tracking is all different. Yes, so, so we were able to convince them that that's that you know they, they're not really that related. Yeah, well, it's fascinating the project that's coming along and soon to be commissioned. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm really excited about it, but we have to start looking at the next step. Yeah, and, and speaking of that next step, do you have people that you're looking at and kind of take your place or, and, and do you approach them and say, hey, I think, uh, you know, she would be a great mayor or he would be a great mayor or they'd be a great mayor or a great person to help facilitate kind of the vision that you and the community decided on? Yeah, we try to do that. That's one thing about the <clears throat> term limits that really hurts us, especially in a city like Millbury where it takes four years first to get to understand how to be a council member. Exactly, yeah. And then, and then now you have only four years left to do anything. In my case, I was lucky. I was the planning commissioner for five years, so I already kind of had a feeling and, and a flow and flavor of how to run as a council member. So I was able to run at the get-go, but most people don't have that. They don't get that opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah I'll segue in. Did I interrupt you, Wayne? No, if no. I did, I'm sorry. No, kind of no. not. I'm not sorry because I'm so excited <laughs> about this next next statement. Is is you have the the experience obviously as the engineer, and you were on the planning commission, and that really helped make the transition a bit easier. Not easy, but a bit easier because you have that background and that bent to you. Is what's your opinion of having ever almost every mayor? And I'll use Los Angeles as an example, as they have a chief design officer, Christopher Hawthorne who's working with Mayor Garcetti now. So in essence, he's his right-hand person, you know, to see that total grid that we talked about earlier in the show. What's your opinion or thoughts, uh, feel free to dissent, on on, <laughs> on a mayor who who has that? It's like, I guess for lack of word right now, it's almost a requirement. It ought to be. Okay, there you go. I was hoping right, you because I was looking for a fight, Wayne. Gosh, you, need that, you, need, you need that planning, right? So okay. You need that planning to understand, you know, all the components that, that's required. It's like SimCity. Remember SimCity? Yeah, that sounds. What is it? It's an online. It's an online game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. you have to build a a, a community. And you know, if, if you right. even look at yeah. any games that uh, that require strategy, you have to have resources. You have buildings. You have to have you know people. 
You know, that's, that's actually true. Even you know? Monopoly, I mean, not just Monopoly, Chant, everything. Yeah. So, so there's cities who actually aren't doing what games do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I learned a few things from that. <laughs> so, so that's amazing. Only in Silicon Valley would we have that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, so you you feel that that is a, ought to be a requirement? I, I don't. I know it's not, but well, I'm I, a strong like, advocate of it, and I'm I'm pushing it. And I think I'm sure. No, I, I think you're tell. right. I think you're you're perfectly right because you need to you need to understand that just because you build it, like people, it's like, oh, why don't you get this store in there? Why don't you get that in there? Well, because it doesn't fit. It you know <sighs> you put it in there and nobody comes. You got a big empty building. Yeah, yeah. So everyone everyone suffers for it. Wayne, is there anything else you'd like to share with us that we may not have touched on on our show? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me oh, here. Thank you. I, I really yeah. enjoyed our conversation. Likewise. And, and yeah. the beach balls. And, uh... <laughs> the beach balls. Yeah. <laughs> some, some of them were kind of heavy. <laughs> they, they weren't just a light and fluffy. I, I hope yeah. that people who follow come and, and see that nothing's that simple and that you, you should get involved. You should go and find out. I think Tom and Charlotte here is advocating that you really need to get your feet in there and understand what's going on in your community and that you need to help design that community. And you just, it's by sitting there and watching it happen, you can either be a victim or you can be a hero. Oh, <laughs> love it. That's great. Well said. Definitely. Wayne, it's been an honor and pleasure having you as our guest. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you consider coming back soon. Oh, really? I'm yeah, invited yeah, again? Yeah, All right. I'll yeah, get back. Yeah. No, this was great. You've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dioro. Our guest today has been Wayne Lee, mayor of Millbrae, California. Wayne was on the Millbrae Planning Commission for six years and serves at the commission's chair in 2008. Wayne's also an alternate representative to the Association of Bay Area Governments, or ABAG, a member of the board of directors of the Congestion Relief Alliance and a member of the Electrification of Caltrans Committee and represents the city of Millbrae on several other regional and county committees. For more information, feel free to visit www.ci.milbrae.ca.us. Again, that's www.ci.milbrae.ca.us. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. The Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Stanford, California, and on location in California, and is a production of KZSU Radio. Today, the recording engineer is Charlotte M. Thornton, Chief Engineer Mark Lawrence, and we're all assisted by Akshay Hyagi. And the executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. If you wish to contact us, our email address is interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews with an S at kzsu.stanford.edu.
Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com's engaged network of over 240,000 architects, designers, and construction professionals use Modeler.com's tools to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for the generous underwriting of production and broadcasting costs for The Modern Architect.